Oh, that's the sound that Olympic and world champion cross-country skier Jesse Diggins heard from spectators along the race course during a historic weekend for cross-country skiing here in Minnesota. The Lopet in Minneapolis hosted the Nordic Skiing World Cup, the first time the U.S. has hosted the event in more than 20 years. Snow fell on Theodore Worth Park for the first time this winter, just a few days before the 40,000-person event, which was sold out within a day last fall. And if that wasn't a win enough, hometown hero and Olympic gold medalist Jesse Diggins from Afton was set to race wearing the gold bib. That means she leads in points at the World Cup so far. Well, on Sunday, Jesse stood on the podium with third place, a third place showing in the 10-kilometer freestyle race, and she is here with us to talk about it. Jesse Diggins, it's good to hear your voice again. Thank you so much for having me. You didn't win this weekend, but it looks, I mean, I loved the look on your face. It looked as though you had a blast. Tell us about it. Oh, nobody had more fun than me in the entire world, I think. <laughs> this was this was a career dream come true. And this is something that I had been wanting and hoping for and wishing for for years and years and years. And this weekend was the coolest, most emotional, and most special weekend of my entire ski career. And that includes all three Olympics all the world championships, everything. This was so much bigger than all of that because getting to race at home and seeing my whole family out there and all these amazing families and kids out cheering on the side of the trail. I mean, there's no better feeling out there. Oh my goodness. I mean, the fact that there were so many people out there and you worked so hard to get this event to come to Minnesota. Um, I cannot even imagine the work that you had to do on top of doing your usual training. <laughs> I I mean, I have to say, I am so proud and so grateful and so impressed by the Lopit Foundation and all the partners who made this happen because it was a tough winter and they had to work so hard and they were so smart and so diligent in making the snow possible for this race. And we wouldn't have been able to do this if they hadn't put in all that work. And there's so many volunteers. I mean, the amount of people that had to work so hard to make this happen is mind-blowing. And I think that's what made me cry for like the ninth time on Saturday because <laughs> it was it was just so cool knowing how many people made this come to life. You know, um, last week, right after the big snowfall, I talked to the race organizer and she was she was just giddy. She was so excited with the seven inches of fresh snow, you know, and she said, oh, my gosh, Jesse Diggins just skied right by. <laughs> and so it was just everyone was just had these big smiles on their faces. Uh, and I know that there was the the piles of man-made snow that had come in prior to that big snowfall. What was the course like? I mean, was it a fairly decent, fast course? You know, this is something most people don't know, but a lot of the times on the World Cup, we aren't skiing on pristine courses because it's oftentimes uh, artificial snow. It's often falling apart. It's been groomed like too many times. So it's the snow isn't bonding anymore and it becomes kind of this sugary, slushy pit. And this was an amazing course to ski on. They did such a good job. They were so smart in the way they prepared it, the way they packed that new snow down on top and let it stay on the top layer. It was a fair, fast, firm course, and everyone was so, so impressed. So a fair, fast, firm course and a huge number of screaming fans. I'm sure that really, um, really pumped you up. Did you have a plan for your races this weekend? 
You know, my biggest hope and dream was just getting to race in my own country and getting to race in the state of Minnesota for the first time since I was 19 years old. So I felt like I'd already won before I even put the bib on, to be totally honest with you. And, and my biggest <laughs> goal was to just enjoy it. I just wanted to soak it in. I didn't want to put pressure on myself because I wanted to be able to just ski around that course and feel those fans and the love and the passion and the energy and just feel everyone getting to share in this together. And so I feel like I really got a chance to do that. Those warm-up laps were the coolest kilometers I've ever skied in my entire life. And um yeah, it was it was really emotional. I had friends from other countries, like athletes from many other countries and coaches who were pulling out their phones mid warm up, like stopping their race warm up for the World Cup to pull out their phone and video because it was so incredible and so impressive to see so many fans like screaming on the side of the trail. So, yeah, my my plan for the weekend was to just absorb all of it and just enjoy the moment. And of course, I wanted to race my heart out, but I wasn't focused on results. I was just focused on enjoying the process and crossing that finish line with nothing left in the tank. Which you did. It was fun to see your U.S. <laughs> teammate, Gus Shoemaker, um, clinching our country's first men's World Cup win since, what was that, 1983? Yeah, it's been 41 years since a U.S. man won a World Cup race in distance. And Oh my gosh. I am so proud of Gus. I mean, we're such a tight team. We're like a family. And so I've been watching him put in the work for so many years. And today was his day or not today, yesterday. Well, you know what? Today is still his day. It's still his day, right? <laughs> it's going to be his whole week. And it was just, uh, I, I, an hour before my race started, I was just sobbing and crying so hard because I was so happy for him and the whole team. It was so emotional. And so, yeah, to get to, to get to share that moment and to see someone have a career breakthrough moment, you know, something that you, you work towards for your whole life. I'm just so grateful that we got to be there and celebrate with him. Now, we should tell folks that you are in town still because you are recuperating a little bit before your first ever Burka Biner in Hayward, Wisconsin next weekend. How is it your first ever Berkey? Well, um, all of our World Cups until this year have been all in Europe. And so I haven't been in the U.S. in the middle of the winter for over a decade now. Um, so this is kind of the year that the stars aligned and we had a break in the World Cup calendar right after these races here at Theodore Worth. And so um, it just sort of worked out that for the first time I was going to be able to actually do the Berkey. So I'm so excited. This is a race that I've grown up watching, grown up being part of. I've done the court a little bit many times, seen my parents do the Berkey. So it's it's been a big part of um my family's winter for as long as I can remember. So I'm finally going to get to join the tradition. Say, now, I understand you tried to raise the Berkey once when you were a teenager, <laughs> but that wasn't allowed, right? Yeah. Did you try so, to sneak um, on the course? What happened there? <laughs> I did. Um, you have to be 18 years old to race the Viner, And I was 17 and I was racing the Cordelopit, which at that point in time started at the same time as the Berkey. And the, it was on the same course. And then the Cordelopit split off and came 
circling back around. And I got to the cutoff and I thought, man, I'm feeling good. I can do 50K. I've got this. And, you know, with my teenage brain, I just didn't really think about the fact that I had not communicated this plan to anybody else. Um, not my parents, nobody. And I tried to sneak onto the Berkey course and I got caught and turned around, which oh. honestly was probably a very good thing. Um, it would have been very stressful ending on Main Street with no warm up clothes and no phone and no plan. So, <laughs> but you know, I was just really caught up in the Berkey fever. This is that's what happens to people. You get swept away with it. As an athlete, a world class athlete, do you have some kind of recovery time in this week before you are going to race the Berkey? How does that work for you? Well, um, my husband came here this weekend and we got to spend some time together because um, he wasn't able to be in Europe this winter. We were waiting on his green card, which he finally got. Um, so he wasn't able to leave the U.S. So I finally get to have a week with him, which I've been looking forward to for months. And we're just going to chill and relax and just have some downtime. Um, we're going to go back to Afton with my family and cuddle the dogs. And then we're going to head up to the Berkey. All right. Say, so, by the way, as you know, the Berkey is being modified because obviously we had the snow and now it's uh, it's kind of slipping away here. Um, you and I talked, and you don't remember this, but you and I talked uh, a few years ago about um, climate change affecting your sport. Um Gosh, what's your reaction to some of these races being modified because of climate change and the absence of snow? You know, I have to say it makes me even more proud to be serving on the board of Protect Our Winners. And I'm one of their um, athletes on the Athlete Alliance. And it's important to be able to talk about climate change because it is a reality. And, you know, for me, looking around this weekend, seeing you know 40,000 fans, seeing all these kids who are so fired up to go ski and so inspired and so excited to go enjoy winter, it's a good reminder of why it's so important for us to keep focusing on all the things that we can do, both policy-wise and personal action-wise, to make a difference because we want to protect this sport for the next generation and the one after that. And I want all of these kids to be able to go out there and ski their own Berkey someday. So it's it's very important. Do you think that uh, the message is getting through? I think so. We were able to actually have a panel after the World Cup race with Protect Our Winners and talk a little bit about why this is so important and how people can learn more and get involved. And um, I think... I think it is something that we're all embracing. You know, this is everyone's planet. And so it's everyone's job to do what they can. All right. I'm going to let you go and wish you well. I can only imagine if you, if you thought you had a bunch of screaming fans in Minneapolis at Theodore Worth Park. I'm thinking Jesse Diggins, there'll probably be tons of screaming fans in Hayward, Wisconsin, too. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, <laughs> I think it's going to be a really fun time. And I'm so excited to finally do the Berkey and get to share the experience with all of the amazing people here. And um, yeah, the ski community is a really incredible one. And I'm just really glad to be a part of it. And then you're going off next to where? Back overseas? Yeah, we're going back over to Finland to finish up the World Cup season. So we have three more weeks of racing. Um, it's going to be fast and furious and very exciting. And I think we're ready for it. All right. I wish you all the best, Jesse. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. We've been talking to Jesse Diggins from Afton, Minnesota. She is the most decorated cross-country skier in United States history. She is amazing. Well, I mentioned uh, the Berkey and Hayward. 
And we have temperatures right now that are kind of hovering around the freezing mark. Uh, Duluth Harbor, by the way, 30 degrees. It happens to be 34 in Hayward right now. So some of this new snow uh, might be getting a little slushy. This week is going to be warm again. Next week, even warmer. We'll run down details for you here a bit later on. I'm so pleased you've joined us on Minnesota Now today. Enjoy the rest of the day.